like to welcome everybody to another edition of the Major Music Lounge. Got the homie Boom in the house. Uh, what's good, man? What's good, man? I'm good, bro. Uh, you know, in time, get to sit down and chop it up with you. That's a good day, man. Yeah, man, I'm good. Thank you for having me, bro. Oh, man, no problem, man. I, I thank you for coming on. Uh, you know, it's been a while. You know, we see each other, of course, away from the show, but like... Right. Um, I mean, I hadn't had you on any of the platforms really since the producer's corner had you on there a yeah. couple of times. And ironically, uh, you know, uh, twice we had Corey on just a one-on-one -on -one interview and then we had the producer's corner reunion and both right. times he mentioned you as one of the, the, uh, his favorite interviews that we did. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. That's man. what's up. Shout yeah. out to Corey. Corey I tell you, what up? Yeah. <laughs> Man, uh, yeah, so we wanted to just talk about a couple of things. Uh, mainly, you know, your new single, um, which uh, Satellites, and, you know, which you got the video with Big Tuck as well. Uh, shout out to, you know, both of y'all, by the way, for that joint. Um, it, to me, the vibe I got from it was really just about leveling up, man, and, you know, not letting anything stop you and that's really powerful in this day and age given that you know a lot of our way of life has changed because of this pandemic and a lot of artists and producers creators in general um really got to figure out how to progress through all of this so kind of you know i guess this is a two-part question uh first part your inspiration for this record and the second part um i know like you and tuck around the time maybe a couple of years after you and i first met uh mm -hmm. i know y'all did that cop and whips remix um yeah. you know just tell us a little bit about how y'all connected back again from then to now yeah for sure uh yeah man me and tugs have always kind of kept in touch uh throughout the years and you know what i'm saying just kept in touch here and there and uh you know made sure we kind of stay uh tapped in with each other's music and things like that but yeah for this record man uh you know, when I got it done, you know, I had it formatted with the second verse, you know, just empty. And I just kept kind of listening back and listening back uh, after I got the first mix done. And I was like, you know, just a light bulb moment. I was like, man, I think Tuck would go hard on this. Uh, you know, so I sent it to him, you know, asked him what he thought, things like that. And then, you know, he sent it back like two days later with the verse already done. So I was like, yeah, I listened to the verse and that shit was amazing. I was like, yeah, we got to put this shit out. So, um, you know, at that point, we just kind of got together, uh, planned the video out. We shot a short film for it. But yeah, man, it, it, it's definitely, uh, you know, the inspiration for the record is with us being locked down in this pandemic and things like that. Um, you know, uh, Satellites uh, is the name of the record, but that's what I feel like we are. You know what I'm saying? Satellites just sit there. They're forced to sit, collect information and kind of move off that information or pass that information on. Um, yeah, so you know that's kind of how we linked, and that's that was the inspiration for buying the record. Yeah, man, and um, I know this probably like um part of a bigger project. Um, as far as like I know you you had a couple of other projects, uh, Wake Up Black, mm -hmm. and then um you also uh did the project last year before that. Beautiful uh, dragon. Yeah, beautiful dragon. Yeah. yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about as far as um what is this gonna be a part of as far as the project that you got coming up? Yeah, for sure. So this is a 
you know, like a small uh, piece of, uh, you know, the bigger project, which is going to be called Satellites in Texas, right? So, um, you know, the inspiration behind that, once again, is just kind of from everybody being locked in from, you know, God, just the universe putting us on a timeout to like, hey, man, I got to figure this shit out. Um, so that's kind of the, you know, the, the bigger picture, um, for that whole project It's called satellites in Texas, the acronym S I T for satellites in Texas, also, which spells out sit. Cause we, you know, we're all been forced to, you know, sit and just kind of, yep. And re, you know, uh, replan, re-strategize, remobilize, and just have different strategies for this new world that we're going to live in. Um, because, you know, things are just, they're not going to be the same moving forward. Even, you know, when things open back up to 100% fully, people are still going to move more cautiously. People are going to be more strategic. It's just about being, you know, what type of humans we are. So that's that's kind of, you know, the element of the album is just talking about how do I stay, you know, motivated in these times? How do I strategize in these times? Um who am I? What kind of information can I pass around in these times? How can I still level up in these times? Uh, but that's that's initially going to be, you know, the gist of the album. Yeah, yeah, man. And it, it is very true, you know, kind of like we've been talking about throughout this whole time. Um, it really forced artists that, you know, maybe their strong suit was being out there, you know, touring or in their own right. communities. Right. Now, you know, they may not have had a background or any type of knowledge in promoting themselves online via social media and right. how to market and advertise online. And now everybody's having to scale back and figure out, okay, how do we progress forward with our creativity? Right. And it, to you know, is making us even be more creative. I mean, shooting videos. I know I've shot a video with green screen in the right. last year. Um, and then, yeah. yeah, you know, you just got to be more innovative now with, with how you create. And, um, honestly, I'll probably say it, I've, I, as far as the time that I've been creating music, I've probably had the most fun in the last year. And yeah. it's kind of forced me to think outside the box in terms of creativity. For sure. Cause at this point it's just like, we're all forced to be extra creative, right? We're all creatives, but now there's, there's, you know, that element there where we got to be extra creative and think outside that box. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Cause you know, just cause shit is shut down doesn't mean you can't get things done. You just got to do them a different way. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a, a you know what I'm saying? A huge piece of it. Yeah, man. I, I totally feel that. Um, what I wanted to kind of discuss and, you know, we've been knowing each other a while and then mm -hmm. some of the viewers probably have seen you on a producer's going before. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, for the viewers that may not know much about you, just mm -hmm. uh, tell them a little bit about, you know, how you got started as far as being an artist and maybe some of your influences uh, growing up in Atlanta. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, the start is pretty simple, man. My uh, my older brother was a producer along with his best friend, uh, Jason. They made beats, they rap, things like that. <laughs> Um, he's five years older than me, but just, uh, you know, me just hanging around with them and things like that. I was always huge in like literature and writing papers and things like that. Always took like English class, writing classes, things like that. Very serious. Those, you know, those were always interesting to me. So just hanging out with them and just kind of eventually just starting to write to kind of beats they were making and things like that. That's how I got started. 
But, um, you know, the inspirations, you know, being from Georgia, being from the South, things like that. Outcast was huge. Of course, Goody Mob was huge. Uh, Big Timers was huge. Uh, Pastor Troy, uh, you know, specifically with like Outcast and Goody Mob, the things they made just didn't sound like the traditional rap that was coming out of Atlanta or the South. You know what I'm saying? It just had a futuristic elements on it. You know what I mean? They were talking about like aliens and spaceships and just all types of different things that, you know, that made you think outside the box. So, you know, I, I tried to, uh, you know, when I started, a lot of that was kind of mixed into my music as far as just, uh, you know, inspirations that I caught from them, uh, you know, which is kind of the reason a lot of the stuff I make either sounds futuristic or is just like deeper layered than, you know, just basic elements. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, word to you on, on that. Um, and we've talked about this, you know, over the years as far as like, there's, I felt there was always a lot of parallels in the South to the culture in Louisiana and Atlanta, um, in Georgia, um, yep. in terms of the music, because, uh, you know, 93, 94, um, and you probably know, you know, a little bit earlier than that, maybe some artists that were out there, but like, that's kind of when we were starting to get hip to like Outkast, Goody Mob, and then from there kind of went to like T.I. And then, yeah. you know, just generation after generation. And then yeah. during that time, we had like Master P and then yeah. Cash Money coming up around that time, uh, Mystical. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of like, it kind of like it came to a head, I would say in the early 2000s. And I felt like from uh, 2000 to like, 2010 probably the salt was really kind of like at the forefront of music now it's yep. kind of like everywhere now I, yeah. I don't feel like i mean you got down south production and, and, and you know down south vibes you got west coast beats and things like that but i don't feel like artists are caught up in this box anymore where oh you know i'm from here so i gotta record gotta this way type thing yeah yeah, yeah. Nah, for sure. I think the South, uh, you know, present day to me, the South is is the standard now, right? So, I mean, they run the music game, point blank, period. That's just the way it works now. Um, and I think part, you know, part the reason it became like that is not necessarily, you know, what was being said on the records, but the the fact that, you know, they weren't allowed in the traditional doors, right? So, you know, it was, oh, y'all sound like this. It's country rap tunes. It was whatever it is. They weren't necessarily allowed on radio right off the back, things like that. So I think they just found ways to hustle out of the box to get directly to the people and kind of cut out the middleman, which was, you know, record labels and things like that, which at the end just forced record labels to gravitate to the South because they just knew, you know, it don't, it, it don't matter how it is. They're going to figure it out. They're going to get to the people. They're going to get the music directly to the people. And I think that, you know, from that, the South totally changed the music industry, you know, yeah. to direct the consumer. And, you know, it's kind of interesting that you say that because when the South was kind of coming up, that was when uh, digital music started becoming more yep. of a thing. Right. And you talk about independence. I mean, in the 90s, you had these guys selling CDs out of their trunks. Trunk, popping trunk. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> driving across the country. Yeah. And I mean, now it got to a point where, you know, the independent game just got better for everybody, really. And they started distributing their own music. Right. 
and it just yeah it propelled a, a whole nother generation of artists and um i felt like you know a lot of the artists probably from our generation and the ones coming up after are right. a lot more business savvy when it comes to releasing music um, right yeah yeah for sure because what it did is um it just forced you to be more well-rounded right because Although you wanted to just, man, I just want to be in the studio making music, man. I don't care about that. I want to be in the studio making music. I want to be making beats. I want to be writing rhymes. But it's just like, you got to get your business straight, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we're creators, but it's also a business on the back end. And you should be getting paid what you're worth when you put that music out, right? You, It's only fair to you as an artist, as a beat maker, as a producer, that once you throw that out to the world, that every penny, I don't care if it's a dollar, but every penny comes back to you the way it's supposed to come back. So I think it just forced everybody to, to you know, be a clearer business person, you know, when, you know, when everything changed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, what I wanted to also do, um, switching gears, is we talk a lot also about, like, just a, a lot of these social issues that are going on across America and one of the things that I've always admired about you, you know, standing up for is how you continue to use your platform in order to uh, send out, you know, the message mm-hmm. in order to to uh, talk to your fans and bring awareness to like racial equality, you know, and things of that nature. So right. big ups to you on that. Um, I kind of want to rewind back to um, the Wake Up Black video. Um and just the whole concept for the song, where did the inspiration for that come from? And, you know, do you do you kind of think that people are starting to wake up? You know, um, you know, what's your thoughts on our current state of affairs in America? Yeah, man, on that piece of it, um, I was just doing like simply just trying to do my part. Right. So to me, it's like. You know, it's it's like. I can't help you pay your rent if I don't pay my rent first, right? So as black people, we gotta do, we're gonna have to carry the majority of the burden of fixing the problem, right? So we want other races to jump in and help us and allies and things like that. Like, I don't think there should be one black person in America not doing their part, right? Staying silent is not doing your part, right? So if we have all these black people not speaking, right? How do we expect shit to get fixed, right? I shouldn't even feel comfortable watching a white person march, but watching a black dude stay at home or you get what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. it, it's just, it, it doesn't add up, right? The math is wrong, right? So that's that's all I was doing with, with Wake Up Black. And even before Wake Up Black, I was marching, I was protesting, I was talking about it on social media. I was just being as active as I can and just doing my part. It doesn't matter how minute or how small, my part counts, right? So I know people, I have a platform with a small, big, medium, whatever it is. Whenever I speak, people will listen. I don't care if someone has 10 followers, your 10 followers will listen, right? So that was that was it, pretty much it will wake up black. It's like, how can I, you know, in a creative way, put more miles on, on this message that I'm trying to get across, right? How can I help my people? How can I help people that don't look like me understand how we feel, you know, but that's an issue that, that, that was it, man. Even, um, you know, when I did that song, I had just released 
a whole pop album before that, right? So I had just released Beautiful Dragon, and that's a that's a love album, right? I'm on there singing the majority of the album, but I had to put all that shit on pause because real life came in the door, right? And it was just like, all right, putting all this shit on pause, I got to deal with real life because this affects real people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I can remember maybe a little bit before you recorded that song, because uh, I think it was May. Yeah, it was May. Mm -hmm. It was around Memorial Day when the whole George Floyd deal yeah. happened. Yeah. And probably like, I think in April, I dropped my new album at that time, MPH. Yeah. But I like, yeah. I was trying to promote that. And um, I had actually started working on the album that I dropped in November, uh, the Quarantine Files. I had probably 80% okay. of that album done. And then uh, that happened. And it kind of like, it made me kind of switch gears because I even had some other joints that I didn't release for that album that uh, was supposed to go in there. And then that's when I recorded every day. And then there was uh, another joint I recorded on that album as well. But it kind of sent me into a, a um, I don't know, for a minute, it was hard to create. I won't lie yeah. to you around that time because yeah, I was I, I was so mad and it just... It's kind of like you turned on the news, you saw people every day on like the CNN protesting, you know, from yeah. Dallas. Uh, you saw people in Minneapolis. You saw, yeah. hell, you saw people in London. London, the UK. Yeah. That shit was crazy. Right, right. And, you know, for them to really see what's going on here and to get out there and feel like they have a need to get the message out, that was powerful. Very powerful. Yeah, I think part of that is, you know, it was always it was a boiling pot, right? So it was always boiling, you know, back from the beginning of time. But most recently, like since Trayvon, you know, uh, Tamir Rice, um, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, it was boiling. But I think George Floyd, because of those eight minutes and 43 seconds, like it was clear so pretty much if you're talking to your white friend or someone from another race and you're telling them, man, I deal with this shit all the time. And they might be like, yeah, yeah, but they don't feel you. They don't walk your path. Right. So when you leave them and you're driving home and you get pulled over and you're getting harassed and you can't do simple things without, you know, your skin being weaponized against you. I think those eight minute and 43 seconds for everybody that, was sweeping racism under the rug or everybody that has a heart that was sweeping racism under the rug was like, Oh shit. I see what they're talking about. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was like clear as day for them at that point. So I think that was like the, you know, the boiling, the, the tip of that boiling point where other races and allies and people from different backgrounds was like, okay, now we're going to try to, you know, give you a lending hand because this shit is truly fucked up and we see it now. Yeah, and it really forced people to really pick a side because exactly. you, you couldn't, you know, kind of like you were saying earlier, number one, you couldn't be silent. Not at all. And then, of course, you know, you, you had those friends at one time that, uh, that uh, like, comply with the law or, you know, maybe oh, George yeah. Floyd shouldn't have right, right. tried to pass a counterfeit bill. You know, they, they right. just listen to what Fox News get on there and exactly, say. Exactly. And that was the people that a lot of them we had to cut loose. Exactly. Hell, I've been cutting them loose before that, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> you got to, man. You got to, because 
No, this is how, like that whole situation, it honestly fucked with me, fucked with me mentally, and it should, right? Because I'm black, right? It should fuck with me mentally because it was a fucked up situation, bro. But I, this is how deep that situation was, right? I watched people I knew, like online or whatever it is. Now I took notes on my phone. I I got names on my phone of people that didn't say shit to this day, just so I can know personally. <laughs> Where the fuck you stood? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I literally have notes on my phone. I was like, okay, you just not going to say shit? Yeah. Like, you just not going to say shit, bro? Like, you see how fucked up this shit is? You just not going to say shit? I'm notating it. So I don't forget. So I don't, in, in a year from now, I don't sit there and have a conversation with you and forget. Because I'm yeah. going to mention that shit to you because that shit is real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. And uh, it, it, it it's uh, even people that, You've been knowing over like 20 years and shit, yep. you know, that you got to kind of go a different direction with. I can't fuck with you. I can't fuck with you. That just is what it uh, is, you know, because at the at the root of that shit, it just means you don't give a fuck about me as a person or people that look like me, because if you if you staying silent through this shit that you see is which is ultimately fucked up and ultimately unfair and ultimately wrong and you're not saying shit that means you're just comfortable because you're unaffected hell yeah hell yeah man and the, the second side of that coin is the people with platforms that are scared to talk because uh they're scared of losing fans they're scared of losing money mm-hmm. and they're also you know some people are scared of uh of pissing off their friends or getting to argument with their friends. And I'm just like, fuck it. You know, if, yeah. you know, if you don't, if you got an issue with what I'm saying, then you might as well come into the light so we can know who you are. Big facts. Yeah. yeah to me, like even for like bigger artists and, you know, people with humongous platforms and things like that, that won't say shit based off, they don't want to lose a sponsorship deal or based off they don't want to lose some album sales or whatever it is. To me, like that takes, um, you know, a high place of being selfish to even think like that. Entitlement. Right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. So that means you're solely out for yourself because if I can mobilize my 1 million, 2 million followers, to if I can persuade them to see like, hey, this shit is wrong. I also need y'all to to see that this is wrong. And this is how I feel about it as a person. I think it's unfair and I think it's fucked up and I think it needs to change. Like, bro, you're supposed to say that shit. Because if you don't say that shit, you're the one person that can, you know, mobilize those one, two million people and you decide not to stay silent. You know what they're going to say? I'm like, oh, he's okay with that shit. You know, yeah. which is just not... It's not a good place to be, man. And and the other thing is, as black people, you just you, you we can't afford for um, you know, especially for for black you know black men of power to have huge platforms and things like that. Honestly, bro, we can't afford for them not to say nothing. Like you know what I'm saying, it's just not the time. Just not the time. And it, it what kills me is uh. I don't know if you've been watching this shit this week, but uh, this dude, I can't think of his name, soccer player from overseas. Oh, I yeah, I don't know his name. I saw it, but the dude I was talking about, uh, LeBron, yeah. he used to stay out of politics or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and that dude right there, like number one, you're you're white, 
you're unaffected. You don't live in America. You don't know how we get treated. Like you're unaffected. You're white. You're a millionaire. Like don't speak on shit you don't know about. Let us deal with our shit. We know what the hell we going through. You think we fighting for nothing? We're not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, it, it's like and the part that gets me is they think that we're just here to entertain them. Exactly. You know, stick to sports, <laughs> stick to music, stick to acting. Yeah. But they won't tell people that comment like on issues that like that, you know, stick to whatever they do when it fits their narrative. Right. You know, yeah, like the shut up and dribble stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. It's and that's one thing. We'll never just shut up and dribble. We'll never just shut up and write music. Um, we're gonna continue. Hell, put it well, we've already proven, but you and I uh <laughs> made music about it. So exactly, exactly. You know. I mean, that's that's innately always been our power as black people, man. Like, I don't care what it is, it doesn't matter what fucked up situation you put black people in, they've always like rose above it, number one. And they've always like made art that, you know, that fought it in a, in, in a way. So that's always been our, I feel like our secret power is we've always came out of fucked up situations. Shiny. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Shit. I mean, this shit ain't, you know, sadly, it's like we grow up with this shit. I mean, my mom tells me shit that happened to her in the 70s and shit, uh, you know, down in Louisiana yeah. in the 60s when she was in, you know, high school and shit. And it's like, sad part is we're still dealing with a lot of this same shit today. Ridiculous. Shit Ridiculous. we shouldn't be dealing with. Shit we should be way past, you know, as a country. But the, the problem is when you sweep problems under the rug... You know, nothing's truly ever gotten fixed. It's just they've been hiding it better. Like, you know what I'm saying? But now, luckily, with social media and camera phones and things like that, it's just re-exposing the shit that's already been here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel like, you know, this generation of kids, like, you know, Zachy, uh, yeah. you know, like my nephews, right. like a lot of these kids, they are seeing this shit and they're going to grow up, you know, educated a lot more you know when they're about our age because when we were their age we were just out there man like I, there. we didn't know i could remember there were like old racist you know women in the neighborhood that i grew up in uh yeah. you know calling us black trash and yeah. shit yeah and i could remember kids in school you know calling me worse than that right and, right you know i i didn't you didn't really think about it much back then, but now it's kind of like, man, that was fucked up. <laughs> Super fucked up, man. But that's, that's to me, that's what makes us stronger than, you know, that than you know, people that have a different walk than we do, because there's a lot of shit that we were forced to carry, you know, and we didn't even know we were carrying the shit. Right. So, you know, that's why it's like, it's to me, it's always harder to, to break a black person down just because there's so much shit that they already got on their back. So, so many scars and so much shit they had to carry that you don't know about that they continue to carry. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it, it's just, that's why when black people make it and they're successful and things like that, man, people don't know they had to do 200 more things than the person, the other person that got there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that that's, uh, that's what kills me when people talk about um, 
people like athletes don't know anything about oppression because they're paid. No, it doesn't mean that they wasn't <laughs> once paid. <laughs> right. Paid. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Even on that part is just like, uh, you know, on the flip side of that page is there's certain black people that think that money will graduate them away from being black. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, I mean, I got a couple of M's in the bank. Now I can walk a different path and I don't have to, you know, suffer prejudice and all these different things. Man, it don't matter if you are a billionaire. When you walk outside and, and people don't know your face like that or whatever it is, like, you know, you, you're just another black man. Like, you're just another black person that's going to, you know, get the same exact treatment as this black person that's making $10 an hour. And they don't care. They're going to see you in the same basket. It's like Jay-Z says, still a nigga. Still a nigga. <laughs> still a they nigga. don't get that. Yep. And that yeah. was my issue with that was my issue with Ye. Uh, you know, to me, he had got to a point where uh, or is at a point where he thinks that, you know, his money has graduated, made him graduate from being not a black person in America anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like even when he he had called in on like Ebro in the morning, he was like, we just can't be out here acting like niggas and we can't be. And then if you look at his new circle is there's no black people in that circle. No, none. Yeah. So at that point, what happens is you start listening to the dinner conversations and you start thinking you belong to a group that you're not really part of. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Fucked up. It's sad, man. It's sad. And yeah, I I don't fuck with that nigga no more either. And like, period. It boggles my mind how people still fuck with him, how black people still fuck with him, but to each his own. (laughs) Self hate, man. That's That's the only. That's the only solution I've came up with. Because if you fuck with a person that tells you that's talking, if you fuck with a black person that's talking down on their race, on their own race, and you still fuck with them and you still support them, innately some part of you has some self-hate in it. Because yeah. that person is slowly giving you, you know what I'm saying, like destruction. And if it's not clicking in your head, like, oh, this person don't ain't about us, like, you know. Some part of you ain't ain't right. Rather be entertained. Yeah, exactly. That's just crazy. Switching gears, uh, yeah. want to talk a little bit about you know your plans for 2021. Do you have? Uh, I know you talked a little bit about the project coming up, but I mean, outside of that, do you have any like outside projects, different ventures, or hopefully, maybe possibly get back to performing at some point? Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, you know, of course one of the primary focuses is kind of getting the album out and, you know, I'm pretty much close to it being done, uh, but getting the satellites to Texas album out, um, outside of that, yeah, I definitely got a couple of things I'm working on. Um, I have a fitness, um, you know, vlog or program that's coming out. It's called runners. Um, I started putting them out last year in 2020, actually late 2019. Um, so I'm a rollout season two, but initially what I do, I just run a mile, um, with a guest. Um, and then we just talk life, man. We talk life, politics, what they're working on, things like that. But we make sure we run a mile out, get our cardio in. And then we just, you know, talk about, you know, current issues. We talk about, uh, ventures that they're working on, um, some past background, things like that. But yeah, that, uh, I'm excited about, man. We're probably going to, uh, start to roll it out, um, at the end of this month. 
Um, but those are called runners. Um, and you know, we'll have a separate page for them on Instagram, on YouTube and things like that to roll out. Sure. Sure. Definitely check out, um, some of those episodes of runners. I've checked out a couple in the past. I really like what you're doing with that and looking forward to, uh, checking out some more, man. So so we're going to make sure we get you on one too, man. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm done with it, man. And, uh, shoot, come out, run out, run a mile. And, uh, shit, we, you know what I was thinking about, man, we, we got to hit the court soon too, man. Like, you know, it just, I, I don't know, man. I've just been having an urge to play lately. Yeah, yeah, I feel, yeah I've, been, I've been out there, man, every once in a while. Yeah, man. It's yeah. starting to uh, kind of warm up now. And, you know, yeah. Yeah, man. So one of the cool things I, I you know, just from the outside looking in with me is you got a chance in the past to work with artists like Lil Kiki. Mm-hmm. You know, shout out to uh, Lil Kiki. You know, I, I grew up really listening to like I remember his first album, Don't Mess with Texas, back in like '97. Yep. And um, is there anybody you want to work with in the future? You know, if there was maybe one artist that you didn't work with before but would like to work with, who would that be? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's crazy you mentioned Kiki because we actually got another record out. That's- oh. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, um, that's going to be on the Satellite in Texas album. But uh, yeah, we got a record and we got a video coming out. So um, yeah, man, um, you know what's crazy, dog? Like, if you would have asked me that question a while back, my list would have been long as hell. Um, it's not that long anymore, man, because it's slightly tainted because I've gotten to tour with a lot of these guys and things like that. And um you know, it's uh, moving forward, man, with just the way the world is changing, dog. Like, I want to be, like, pure with myself. I want to be honest with myself. And, um, you know, with being able to tour a lot of these guys, even though some of them make great music, I don't know that... Um, let me see the best way I can say this. Fuck it. I'm not going to be politically correct. Um, I got to... For me to fuck with your music, almost kind of going back to what the, with the yay topic. If you're not a good human being, but you make great music, I don't want to fuck with you. Yeah. I don't care if your shit sound like you got 50 Grammys with your shit. Like if I see that you treat your fans like shit or I see that, you know, what I'm saying you're just not a pure person, then I don't really want to fuck with you like that. So I'm not I'm not going to lie to you, uh, Dot. My listing got shorter, bro. Yeah. Like. You know what I'm saying? And um, but I mean, there's there's a couple of people out there I still want to work with. I definitely want to work with Bun. Um, Bun is a person that I've looked up to since, you know, day one. That was like my introduction to Texas rap was UGK. But even but meeting, get, uh, you know, getting the chance to tour with Bun and things like that and talking to him, him put me on the game. Doc, he if if you could listen to a record and meet a person and you're like damn this is the same shit like you know what i'm saying like this these are the same morals this this is like a true human being like he's as closest to his on as an artist and like in person like you know what i'm saying so bun is definitely on my list for that um when it comes to rap and then i also got a couple people i want to work with outside of rap like you know what i'm saying like um i definitely want to work with even though he's a rapper and a singer as well but childish gambino I want to work with Bino. Um, you might laugh at this one. I want to work with Seal. Hey, Seal. 
Knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to work with Seal. Um, and then um, on the female perspective, uh, you know, if, if I can ever find her, Lauren Hill would be super dope. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah man. That would be that would be really dope. And then uh, Bun, I mean, same thing I can remember. Now, I was too young, but um, he used to, him and Pimp C used to spend a lot of time in Lafayette. Louisiana. So, yeah, back yeah. then, because they would just have to get on I-10 and come right down. Yeah. And um, they would come perform at a lot of clubs. And I, I remember I'd hear my brother and his friends talking about that shit. Yeah. And it's like, man, I wish I could have went. I would see their yeah. videos on TV, but I was too young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I think if Pimp was here, obviously Pimp, man. That shit would have been crazy, man. I think he was the first dude that I heard, like, not necessarily rhyme every word, but it still sounded like it rhymed. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was the first dude who, like, when he wrote his bars, it wasn't like, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't so systematic. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh. it just, yeah, all the words didn't rhyme, but it was still melodic as hell. So, almost. Like I kind of think of E40 almost in that space. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you saying, but it, it sound good as hell. Yeah, man. Yeah. I fucks with E40. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah, like man. It. <laughs> man. Longevity, man. He's still out there. Fifty something years old, man. Yeah, still out there. Him and yeah. Tusha. Yeah, man. Amazing to see. As far as yourself, um. Do you have any message you want to give out, you know, as far as to maybe independent artists or even producers, uh, as far as your time creating music to now, you know, things that maybe you experience or, you know, things um, that you think they should know? Yeah, man, I'll start with artists. I'll go to producers. For artists, man, I'm going to just say, number one, stay true to your craft, right? And then have a you know, like make it make sense, right? So one thing that helps me is when I come out with albums, like don't be rapping just to be rapping. Don't be, don't be making music if you ain't got nothing to say. Like, like have, like have concepts, you know what I'm saying? Like for me, one thing that helps me is I come out with concept albums, right? So I just don't come out with albums just to, just cause I'm bored and I want to make music. So every album I come out with is themed a certain way is there's a concept behind it and things like that. And have something to say, because that's the shit that's going to stick. Like, you know what I'm saying? Write music when you're going through shit. Write music when the world need to, to hear, uh, you know, uh, you know what's going on and things like that. And for producers, what I would say, man, a, a cool thing, you know, for producers, being a producer is a very important job, right? Because you're creating what the person is going to write to, right? Number one. I think cool things that are coming back is uh, producers and artists doing, uh, you know, doing duo albums, right? It's kind of like what what Dre used to do with Snoop, or um, you know, uh, what Dre used to do with uh, with with Fifty on the first album, or M, where he would produce the whole album, things like that. I think those things are coming back. What Hit Boy is doing right now. So I think it's a cool time, where it's a time where it's becoming cool again to be a producer and, and putting the producer you know just putting them next to the artist and putting the album out like the nat the Nas and hit boy album was amazing like you know what i'm saying it was amazing though it was one of the best albums i heard this year um so i think for producers man it's theme you know team up with an artist like you know what i'm saying produce the whole thing i don't care if it's an ep like you know what i'm saying but that way y'all put y'all y'all put y'all thoughts together 
You know what I'm saying? And then y'all get it, y'all bust it down 50-50 when it comes back. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, bust it down 50-50 on the market and like team up and get some shit done, man. Cause this music industry is, you gotta be able to team up with people that are like-minded to, you know, to get ahead. Yeah, and that, that's that's truth. Uh, you know, as far as those projects go, um, I did well. I did one last year with uh Smokey Johnson. We did uh Black Coffee, the EP. Oh. I produced uh seven I like that tracks. album. Yeah, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, yeah. man. And then uh this year, MA actually, uh we we did the Raptivist album, which been out about a month now. Yeah. Now the uh, the funny part about that was um I kind of reached out to him. A year mm-hmm. ago to do the album, but I didn't want to be on it as an artist. Oh, I and got it. <laughs> yeah, he uh he the one that talked me into being on the album as an artist. I just yeah. wanted to produce it. I got and you. I, I was just like, you know, let's go ahead and do it, man. And the cool part about it, he also came up with the concept, uh, because I look at each album almost like a chapter you know, you. of your life, kind of cool. like you know, you're writing, okay, I might be going through this shit at this time. Right. But then, you know, I'm not going to rap about shit now at 39 that I rapped about at 31, you know, because I'm not doing the same shit that I was doing back then. So it's like, um, I don't, I don't really make music just to make it. Not my beats, you know, they just kind of come however I'm vibing. But Mm -hmm. like, every time I write, I write with a purpose. Like, you know, right now I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of promoting the album and I'll probably get back to recording soon. Um, but like something will happen that just clicks and that'll, that'll spur another album. Yeah. And you know, know how that kind of goes. And that's the yeah. fun part about it. Yeah, It'll put you on a whole creative wave. Like you'll be in the, you'll be in there day to day, nonstop. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Shit. I got a, uh, I got a link with you at some point, man, you know, definitely, uh, want to work with you and shit get something yeah, we done gotta knock, we gotta knock out an ep or something man yeah man i'm a, i'm gonna start sending you some packs so you know stay yeah, out. You know i'm ready yeah man i I'm got ready, you man. yeah oh um, this is the other thing i was actually gonna add on is uh you know for you know artists rappers producers singers things like that the other thing is with these dsps man like i hope that things change like you know, the way the pay structure is and things like that, because for artists to be getting a fraction of a penny for a stream 0.0008, uh, you know, for, for a stream, number one, that shit's not right. <laughs> Whoever came up with that amount is not an artist, you know, which, which shouldn't be the case. And number two is you can't be paying somebody a fraction of a penny, man. That's slavery for when somebody listens to a song. Because the thing is, I've listened to songs that's changed my life. That's not worth 0.008 of a penny. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, there's yeah. songs that stop people from committing suicide. There's songs that's getting people through breakups. There's songs that's getting people through these social issues. That shit is not worth 0.008 of a penny, man. And then the other part of the DSPs, uh, for people that don't know, it's digital streaming platforms, but like Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Title, whoever it is. I think another thing that needs to change is the fact that they're saving all the space on the DSPs for major labels, right? Meaning if D dot drop an album tomorrow, right? And it's a new release, it's not going to be on the new release wall. And that shit is wrong, right? Because they're saving the new release wall for artists that are signed 
Um, they're already signed to labels, right? So that in is 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 you know is is just not a good thing, right? Because you're not it's not a fair it's a monopoly. It's not a fair play for everybody because if they put D dot on a new release wall, right? D dot drops something. Drake drops something. I don't care if D dot's on the fifteenth page of the new release wall, right? Now D-Dot has a chance of a new fan bumping to his music. Maybe they like his cover art or maybe they want to sample real, real quick. You know what? I like this. To me, that's fair. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because you, when you have a new release wall, but every artist on there is signed, you're lying to the people. Like your new release wall should be everybody that released a new album for that week. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's totally agreed because it's a lot of, friends that come out with music that i can't i I get on there and i have to go in and i have to enter you know search and type it in and sometimes i still can't find it i mean most of the time i could but yeah but sometimes you can't yeah Yeah, it's like it's kind of like as truly independent artists right we don't exist on the platform unless we're typed to the t Right. So D dot released the album. Right. He released MPH. I got to go in there, type D dot MPH. And at that point, I got to search. search. OK, here it goes. Like he should already be on the platform. It's a new release. I should just scroll to. OK, there's page one. He's not on page one, page two. But oh, there it goes. He's on page five. To me, that's that's the way it should be, man. Yeah. Something's got to something's got to change, change man. Because at the end of the day is I feel like there's a. uh they're almost silencing truly independent artists. And I do mean truly independent artists because there's a lot of these artists that are saying they're independent, but they're secretly signed and things like that. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about people that are doing it, you know, just solely on their, on their self or with a two, three people team, things like that. I think they, you know, you, you got to award the hard work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You have to award the hard work and you're not going to do it by hiding their music. Yeah. Yeah, man, and it. I know Spotify started this deal recently where you can get on playlists, but you know, uh, I, oh, how you uh, can pitch it to them before? Yeah, 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 yeah I got you. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, it's tough out here, you know, and that's why artists got to work and producers got to work even harder to to uh, promote themselves and get themselves yeah. out there. So yeah, yeah, to think outside the box. Um, yeah, man, I, I, to be honest, I think some of these things will change in the next two to three years and things like that, just because the, uh, just the world in general right now, man, is going through cleansing, right? So people are trying, starting to see all, all through the bullshit. They're trying to see just what's not fair. You know what? No, nah, that shit right there ain't fair. Y'all got to fix that shit. Y'all got to fix this shit too. It ain't fair. So I think here in the next two, three years, I think streaming, uh, the streaming rates will go up. You know what I'm saying? And I hope when they go up that they back pay that shit, <laughs> back pay all these artists. Well, they got something, uh, and I, I don't want to speak on specifics because I didn't read the whole article, but I yeah. know next month they were saying that, uh, let's see, January, February, March, April. Yeah. So that's going to be the end of the first quarter of the year. Uh, of the, and yeah. there was, um, they're paying, they're, they were saying something about I think it's one point eight billion dollars worth of royalties that they had scheduled to pay artists 
from that they were missing pretty much since mm-hmm. streaming platforms had started. Right. So it'll it'll be interesting to see if we all get a piece of that pie um, and if so how big of that how yeah. big is that gonna be yeah so, true that yeah, <laughs> <laughs> i like to see it coming man <laughs> i hope so man i, I mean they got shit that i'm trying to look far from since 2011 10 years and shit so we'll see true that man uh what kind of shout outs you got yeah, man. Uh, I mean, just the squad, man. Number one, you for having me on there, man. Uh, you know, we we family at this point, man. We built a solid relationship from way back in the day um, through music and outside of music. Uh, you know, my squad, uh, CeeLo, which is like my cameraman, business partner, things like that. Uh, shout out to him. He's always out there grinding, shooting videos, running around. Um, and the fans, man, the the my fans, what I like to call them the Skywalkers. Um, I've kind of rolled out a thing where through this pandemic, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sell any merch. So if you see anybody with, you know, Skywalker merch or booming the Skywalkers merches, they got it for free. Right. So I've been doing uh fan giveaways and things like that. I'm going to continue to do that. And I'm not going to go back to selling merch until I feel like, you know, the world is in a decent place. Um, so yeah, if you see anybody with, um, you know, with merch on is they got it for free and it's exclusive and it, they're the only ones that got it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Word, word, man. I, I definitely got to hit you up on some of that, man. Oh, yeah. I, I already got some coming your way, man. Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. For yeah, sure. Just text me your size. Uh, I got I got some coming your way. I'll wear it next time we do a show, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, online, where can people find, you know, your platforms and uh, also your music? Yeah, man, I keep it the same across the board on social media. So it's at Boom1000. That's B-O-O-M as in Mark E-1-0-0-0. So that's the same all across the board. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube, all that stuff. Um, And then uh, my website also, which is my main hub, but it's just www.boommusic.com. Yeah, so I try to keep it simple. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, shit, I definitely appreciate, you know, you coming on and, and spend some time on a major music lounge, the first artist that I had on the show. And, hey, um, yeah. you know, yeah, I saw uh, it was just kind of perfect timing because I saw you release the video and the uh, single. And yeah. I was like, you know, yeah, it would be a good time to reach out and, and have him on the show. And, uh, you know, anytime, man, you got anything coming up in the future, feel free, holler at me and... Uh, you know definitely get you on and you know all you you know best of luck as far as your endeavors and continue you know to stay true to yourself man i i definitely that's one thing you know since we met you've always been a solid person and i really appreciate that man man for sure man same to you vice versa doc yeah man as far as uh i think i was having a conversation with uh with b or brandon and i was like b dot's the most consistent (laughs) Like, you know, dude, I ever met in this music industry, like he's always going to have a project that, you know what I'm saying? He's always going to have something going on, man. And that shit is, you know, it's not an easy thing to do because you got to realize we're in an industry where people quit and come back, quit and come back, quit and come back. It's like, you're never going to get on like that. You're never going to, you know, you're never going to build like that. You know what I'm saying? And you know, that's, I, I definitely want to give you your flowers on that, dog. You, you, you've always been consistent, man. You've always gotten better by day. 
Um, and you've always like put your talents in different places, like podcasting, beats, uh, writing raps. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you've, you've always put like, you know, and I'm not just saying all these different things, like good at all these different things too. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's one thing to do all these things and not necessarily be good at them, but you're good at all these different things, which is a good thing, man. Yeah, Yeah, man. I I appreciate it, man. And, um, you know, it it was just kind of like, a perfect storm. I still remember, and I don't. I don't want to talk too much about you know what we did at one time, but yeah, yeah. I just remember going back to like I remember I went on a vacation, and then yeah. uh, I came back to the job, and you were there. Yeah, and then uh, we just started chopping it up around that time about. Uh, I think I was fucking with that reason, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, one thing just led to another, and we just started making music and. Yeah. Here we are, what, 15, 16 years later, man. It, it's just kind of crazy how time flies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Man, that's how that's how this thing works, man. Just, uh, you know, bouncing off, you know, different creative minds and things like that. And, you know, we're still here. We're still here doing it, man. We're still here enjoying it. And, you know, that's that's the mission, dog. That that shit is going to, it's going to, you're, you're building to something. Like, you know, I, I already know you know you're building to something, but, you know, we're here having this conversation, but two to three years from now, whenever it is, you're going to look back and be like, damn, like, look how far I came, but it's going to be back from that conversation you're talking about. You've been building since then. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Yeah. Got to keep on building, man. It, it's going to get rough sometimes. It may, you know, shit, going through, like, fucking deaths of family members and, uh, no transportation and whatever the fuck else life brings at you. And, you know, you got to find a way to weather all of that shit. And, uh, you know, it it ain't easy. You know, there are a lot of people that was doing this shit 10, 15 years ago that I don't see doing this shit no more. Big fact. Like, cause the thing is like, have you ever heard, like, I've never listened to an artist that's, that's had longevity and is an amazing artist never go through shit. Like, I don't want to listen to your album if you've never went through shit. Like, yeah. ain't nothing you can teach me. Ain't nothing you can motivate with me. There's there's no inspiration that you can give me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, artists that have longevity and, and been here 10 years and beyond are always artists that got it from the mud. They came from nothing, drop dead, broke poor, no family money and things like that, and came and got it. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's a different kind. When you listen to them, that's a, you know you relate to them in a different kind of way. Man, yep. yeah, got to persevere through it all. Big facts. So, this has uh, been another edition of the Major Music Lounge with Boom, and you can catch Major Music Lounge on YouTube every Friday. Um, this one actually probably be a non-Friday episode. I'm going to hit y'all with two this week. So, um, you know, stay tuned for that. And you could also listen to this on all podcast streaming platforms, Apple Music Podcast, Spotify Podcast, and more. And uh, until next time, it's your boy D-Dot and boom, and I'm out. Fake news, scroll down on your phone. Who know the truth? Gotta search on your own. The revolution won't be televised. Can't trust the media, they're telling lies. Hackers, fake news, scroll down on your phone. Who know the truth? Gotta search.